0: Dr. Chris and DJ show with former Chicago Bears nickelback DJ Moore. What's going on, everybody? Welcome in, Chris and DJ show. I'm Chris Schaffel. He's former Chicago Bear DJ Moore. And DJ, we finally get to talk about a Chicago Bears victory. In what was uh, 56 days, uh, the Chicago Bears have finally gotten their first victory. In 56 days is what it took, DJ. They defeat the Houston Texans 36-7. to Not only do they snap their six-game losing streak, but they get their first-ever victory in franchise history against the Houston Texans. They've yet to defeat this team. They do it today at Soldier Field in dominant fashion. Um, what's going on, DJ?
1: I uh, went kind of how I expected it. And then, much, man, chilling, but it went kind of how I expected it to go. Um, I predicted it this time. I really, I really didn't know how it was going to go, honestly, but it's just the Texans are not a good team. No. At all. So, this no. makes sense.
0: Well, especially when they're without their number one wide receiver, Will Fuller, who's suspended for the season, as we all know. Um, and then today, you thought they were going to have Brandon Cooks. He was a late scratch to the game, um, so their number one wide receiver was Kiki Kuti, uh, third-year wide receiver. You know, kind of, uh, uh, you know, he's flashed here and there in his career, but uh, not nothing uh, enough where you you would expect or you feel comfortable with him being Deshaun Watson's number one target. Um, he had himself a decent game, but uh, as you said, the Houston Texans. They're not a good football team. They fall to four and nine now. The Bears now six and seven uh, on the season. And uh, you know, you, you look at what obviously the the main focus of this game was Deshaun Watson versus Mitchell Trubisky. This goes back to the twenty seventeen NFL draft. You heard it brought up all throughout the game. And uh, you know, just looking at what these two quarterbacks were uh, were able to do in this game, you see it right there at the bottom. Tr- Mitch Trubisky had himself a really good game. Best game of the season. This game here actually on the offensive side of the football kind of brought back memories of the 2018 season, DJ. I mean, all all cylinders were clicking on offense, defense, and even special teams. Mitch Trubisky, 24-33, 267 yards, three touchdowns. David Montgomery, first play on the offensive side of the football for the Chicago Bears, takes it 80 yards for a touchdown. And, uh, you know, the rest was history there. 11 carries, 113 yards at one touchdown. At one point, you're thinking, why aren't we feeding number 32 more, especially when they had the big lead coming out of halftime? But uh, this time, they were able to hold on to that lead, unlike last week against the Detroit Lions. Allen Robinson, nine receptions, 123 yards and a touchdown. Um, you know, and, and that's just the offensive side of the football. It seemed like the big-time players – um, especially when they needed it most in this game, were really able to step up. I mean, Trubisky, Montgomery, Robinson on offense. Even Cole Komet had himself a pretty nice showing. He had uh, four receptions, 41 yards. But then even on defense, DJ, um, you know, uh, Khalil Mack was out there, uh, you know, earning his money. He had a forced fumble, recovered it himself. He also had a sack, which turned into a uh, safety, gave the defense two points, gave the team two points off that play um Akeem Hicks was making his uh, impact felt in the run game uh Kyle Fuller early on in the game um bringing the 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 physicality to the cornerback position like I said all cylinders um were, were really firing uh all, all game long for the Chicago Bears in this
1: game I I didn't like Trubisky at all I know that sounds weird I know it sounds weird because I think when you win and it, and it looks really good but when you and I didn't get to watch the whole game. It's just, everything is just so dink and dunk. It's naked boot, naked boot. Like, I mean, I'm just sitting there watching it. Like, y'all don't know this is coming. Y'all don't know that the guy's in motion, that it's going to be the same play. And then he still struggles with, I think Allen Robinson was going down the sideline. He kind of underthrew him, would have probably been, a. I think it was before half where it was, I think he caught it, but again, he—I think he would have just probably walked in. There was a couple other plays that were kind of like that, so he struggled to stretch the field. So he's just like, man, you just—I don't—I don't don't know. It's it's, like even if you like, if you go on there right now, if you're watching this, go and watch the highlights. Everything is like, okay, I I threw it three yards, and they—they may have ran for like ten, or is a slant. It's like. So is he is he that limited to where he can't do anything but throw it five yards, or is this the play calling itself that limited to where you don't call the five yard plays? Um, so when I was just watching it, like oh man, it went in, and I'm saying yeah, I said we was gonna blow him out, and blah, blah, blah. but it's like, is he is he good? You know what I mean? It's just like, I, I don't know, man. And it was just to me, just watching it. What made, it just made me think like, like what are we going for from here? Like, is he the guy? Because again, if you get a performance and everybody is doing good, again, if you got a run the game, everything else like works. But what happens when there's a good team on the other side? Again, when there's a bad team, we've shown even last week we should have won the game. When there was a bad team, everything is all good. But when there was a good team, that can guard your your top receiver one-on-one, and they're not just running regular slants and people are running for 15 yards, then what? Like then what you know what I mean, then what'll happen then? So I'm just not sold on them, you know what I mean? Like I don't want to be,
0: you know? Right. Well, no, no, no. No one wants to be sold on them. I, I you know be this was this was a great, this was a great performance all around by the Bears. Don't think too much into it. Don't don't talk yourself back into it. You know what? Maybe Trubisky could be the guy. Maybe Nagy and this coaching staff finally got it figured out. Too late for that. Too late for any of that, in my opinion. You, you don't go talking yourself into, uh, you know, I mean, yeah, they still have a chance. I think NBC uh, Sports, right before tonight's game that's going on right now, Pittsburgh versus Buffalo, I think they showed them, technically I think the bears have like a 16% chance to make the playoffs. They're tied right now uh, with Minnesota at six and seven in the NFC uh, North uh, for second place. Green Bay just clinched the NFC North. They they're the NFC North champs already. Um, and obviously Minnesota, as of right now holds the tiebreaker because of uh, them beating uh, the bears Monday night football a few weeks back prior to the bye week but you, you, A great game. Like I said, it brought back memories of the 2018 season. But as far as I'm concerned, Trubisky's future has already been sealed, or his fate has already been sealed in Chicago. Um, Nagy and company, I mean, unless they win out and they they make that 16% chance and and they get in the playoffs and make some sort of noise, I mean, it's going to have to take quite the run for them to uh for them to get their jobs uh for them to hold on to their jobs here in Chicago. But uh
1: that's kinda of frustrating though like to watch about it is like like we know that you've had offensive struggles, but we keep doing the same particular plays. And it's like and I know against good teams it it may not work, but again, like in the second half, like we you don't score a touchdown. Like open it up, man. Let me see your play calling. Like save your job. And it seems like we still go – either we're going a little more conservative or we went in the halftime again and we didn't, you know, adjust to it because, I mean, we didn't – well, we kicked two field goals out the halftime. Like, third quarter, I want to see. You know what? We need to get a touchdown in third quarter. If you get a touchdown in third quarter, let me see. It. Now we got – what do we get? Three. Um. So, again, like, like, I'm here trying to save a job. But, again, I'm still calling plays. Like, I still got the job locked up, man. You got to – you got to show something. Take shots down the field. Do something, something. But again, yeah. it was good. Montgomery running wild. Texas can tackle nobody. They can cover anybody. It was good. It's a win.
0: <laughs> it it was a win, thirty six to seven. And again, the Bears they they dominated on all cylinders. I mean, uh, you know, ninety minutes before kickoff, you get the news that Brandon Cooks. Uh, was going to be inactive for this game. So it's uh, key, key. Yeah, I mean, it certainly did. I mean, you had Chad Henson, who uh, made his Texans appearance last season, excuse me, last week. And uh, he, he was actually the team's leading receiver, seven receptions for 56 yards. Um, I mean, you, you look at a lot of these names and, and you're just kind of scratching your head. Stephen Mitchell, not exactly sure who he is. Duke Johnson, quality running back. Uh, they're without their starting running back, David Johnson, who they traded for in the offseason. Uh, Duke Johnson, he got hurt in the game, but he uh, he had two receptions, fifty three yards. I mean, uh, and then you look at that offensive line that uh, Deshaun Watson is playing with there uh, in Houston. I mean, and you got a couple of first round picks uh, sprinkled in there, but they just haven't been able to pan out just yet. And uh, the the Bears actually were able to get six sacks in this game. Uh, so, uh, the, the pressure was on Watson, no doubt about it. He was able to make plays here and there on his feet. Um, he finished the game with, uh, 219 passing yards, a touchdown. Then he also added, uh, 38 more yards, uh, on the ground. Um, you know, as far as I'm concerned, this team could just be called the the Houston Deshaun Watsons because even JJ Watt on the defensive side of the football DJ, he's really a shell of, of, of his former self.
1: Well, it, he's he's not a shell, but I think then he just had more pieces around him. So you had linebackers and other linemen and stuff like that that kinda helped you. And you can't do it by yourself. So if you out there by yourself, no matter how hard you work, and he's normally a hardworking working guy, but again, you gotta have you gotta have the talent around you. And it'll make it'll make you look it'll make you look much better.
0: Yeah, no, no doubt about it, and, and you've seen it on the Bears' defense side of the ball. I mean, uh, we, we finally get Akeem Hicks back. He, he's been back for a couple of weeks now. His impact was felt there. Roquan Smith, uh, looking like the Roquan Smith uh, from earlier in the season, 12 tackles, two sacks, a couple tackles for loss as well. I, I think Brent Urban and Mario Edwards – are two guys that uh, haven't gotten a lot of credit that that kind of deserve some, especially when a guy like Akeem Hicks is down and you're already without Eddie Goldman. I think those two guys have uh, really uh, are, are like plug and play players that have stepped up really well. They both had uh, a couple tackles for loss. Mario Edwards actually had the sack uh, there at the end of the game that uh, ended the game uh for the bears and uh it's a 36 to 7 victory against the houston texans dj the first victory Robert
1: quinn set him up for that set oh <laughs> robert quinn man i mean he, he had a couple he had plays no of, it was like the texas and so the the end goes in and then the d tackle comes up i mean he i mean he's just sacrificing his body at this
0: point yeah i i've I seen robert quinn out there hey you know
1: what no, he no, yeah. The sack that Elvis got—I'm telling you guess what it is. He went in, he, he 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 caved it in. You come around for the set. That's an assist, man. You thought alley He did the Chris Paul <laughs> or the Rajon Rondo or the other point guard that passed all the
0: time. Yeah, well, you know, hopefully next season. I don't know what's going on with Robert. <laughs> Quinn. I, I don't know if they signed an injured player in the offseason. season. They don't want to admit. It. I'm not sure what it is. Um, it, it, you know, even you know, he missed all of training camp. He missed the first game. They're being very secretive about that, and you know, that's just what this regime does. I mean, we didn't really uh, quite find out what was going on with Roquan Smith last year, but if Robert Quinn could come back next year, because he is going to come back one way or the other. I mean, you're, you're not going to be able to find a trade partner for him. Uh, no one's going to want to pick up that big contract of his. You're not going to cut him uh, and, and just eat all that money in the salary cap, especially with the salary cap. Uh, you know, the, the money really going down next season because of the uh the pandemic will uh the the nfl will certainly nfl rosters will certainly be feeling that next season um so he's gonna be a guy that's gonna be on this roster next year so hopefully he get his act together and and produce on the field but you're right he had the assist there on that sack by mario edwards uh luckily he had mario edwards or 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 at least a, a other way around. Around.
1: The other way around. Come on, man. Come on, man. <laughs>
0: Luckily, he had a dependable player there uh, to, to make the play. Maybe this time next year, we'll talk about Robert Quinn making that play, but we haven't been able to talk about that yet this season. Um, but it was a dominant performance, DJ. A dominant performance against the Houston Texans. Um, again, first win in 56 days for the Chicago Bears. Uh, It's been a long-ass time. Now they're going to be preparing for the Minnesota Vikings, a team that really uh, sucker-punched them about a month ago um, prior to the bye week, and that was when the whole uh, Nick Foles goes down at the end of the game with an injury, and that's kind of what resurrected Mitch Trubisky, allowing him to get this second chance of his. um, Now we're not going to preview the game until later on in the week, DJ, but uh, is this even worth? Mentioning as a must-win football game. I mean, this is this is two six and seven football teams. They still technically have a chance at the playoffs, but you now you're now you're relying on other teams to lose. Now you're banking on other teams to bail you out and, and you know mess up. I mean, uh, six and two six and seven football teams uh, battling out next year, uh, still still in uh, uh, playoff contention. Um, you know, how, how are you going to be gauging that game next week?
1: Well, you just – like you said, like it's, it's just a must win. I think every game you go into it and say, yeah, hey, we're going to win the game. But if you want to keep your hopes alive, and if as a coaching staff, if you want to keep your your time alive because the clock is clicking, man, you just got to win game. Um, also, you know what I mean, if, if Ted Phillips leaves and somebody comes in, they may be impressed with how you – was at the bottom of your road, and they were like, you know what, man? They pulled it back together. When, when somebody can do that and be down and out, and people talking about them getting fired, and all of a sudden you bring every you bring club dub back together, and you bring everybody together and make it happen, man. This, I think it's you can be you can be impressive, you know, down the stretch. Um, to be honest, Minnesota is one of those teams. I think he's normally had that number, but again. It's going to be one of those tough games, you know, except we'll talk about it later. So, it's, I mean, they're they downhill. Um, Same type of quarterbacks on both sides. Who's going to make a mistake? Just don't make a mistake. So, it'll, it'll be – I think it should be a tight game. It'll be interesting to watch for sure. I think coming off of a win is much, much different than coming off, you know, of a loss. And I always feel like if you've lost to a team that – especially in the division that you always play, I think you have the leg up because you lost the first time. I don't know why that is, but it just seems that.
0: Yeah, and, you know, the, the Bears have had Minnesota's number the last few years. Again, earlier this season when they lost to the Vikings, that was Nagy's first time losing to Minnesota since he's been the head coach here in Chicago. Uh, they lost earlier in the year, about a month ago, 19-13 to 13 against Minnesota. And, uh, again, that was what kind of resurrected the uh, second chance for Mitch Trubisky once uh, Nick Foles went down. Um Looking more so at this game that we just watched here earlier this afternoon, though, DJ, uh, you know, it looked like a lot of guys were were really able to step up. As I said earlier, a lot of the bigger name guys, um, Roquan, uh, Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks on defense, um, you know, who wasn't out there and uh, obviously don't want to make light of the situation. He suffered a concussion. He's been in concussion protocol. Buster Screen missed today's game. And rather, you know, bash him for his play. And I know I've kind of done a lot of that, DJ. But Duke Shelley, um, I thought, filled that void of, of, you know, the starting nickel back on the defense very well. Um, Very physical player. I thought he was all around the football. And, uh, you know, again, I mean, he he didn't make any plays that, you know, really caught your eye and, you know, anything like that. But he didn't make the, the plays where you're like, oh, who was that that got burned? it was number 24 you know he, he didn't he didn't cost himself uh, <laughs> while being out there this afternoon and for a guy getting his first career start i know the bears dominated and they they're playing a struggling team i got to think that's uh that that, that does that, that could go a long way for a young player no it. they
1: can they can man it's very exciting honestly i was excited to see him look good in that 20 look like he had been filling it out a little bit um so again now you have you know, weak on your belt. It's always better to start with somebody random than Adam Thielen because he is on his way. Um, and if you want to get baptized against somebody's star receiver, guess what? Here it goes. So on third down, guess who's going to be? It's going to be Shelly and Thielen. Now, are we going to adjust to that? Are we going to give them help? Because if not, it's just going to be mono a mono and. Sink or swim, and it's it just how the league is sometimes, especially when you're in there at a nickel position. Even though you're in there, you don't get a third receiver, they just move that star receiver to the you know to the slot. And we did that a lot today with Robinson. He was so at some points, he was like the third guy in, which was kind of I think was a really good thing about our offense today as well. So, Shelly, man, good job! But again, you know, wish you luck, you know, next week because. We're going to need somebody in there to make plays. You talk about Buster String. Last time we played against Minnesota, if it was third down, Thielen was making the play. If it was goal, you know down near the goal line he's going to be making plays. So it's going to be – like it'll be interesting to see how big people's eyes get. I think if you make a play early, everything will slow down. But if you mess up, everything will speed up. Like it's just certain players. When I was playing, it was a certain guys that were just – for some reason they felt faster than they actually was like in my head. I was like, coach, man, like I can't even see him. Like, he's like, like he's just looked like he's an Avenger or something. Like, I don't know. He's a, I don't know what he's doing. But then when you get on film, it's like, Oh, you know, it ain't him moving. It's you just kind of thinking about it too much. And when you're out there and all week is, you know, like, okay, it's stealing, it's stealing, it's feeling like he's supposed to be good. And if you get that in your head too much, He'll seem much better than he is. But, again, if you get out there and make a play, you'll be thinking, like, man, why does everybody struggle with this cat? He looked terrible. You know what I mean? And that's probably, the, the, you know, the right – more the right feeling to have. But, again, it's just kind of how the game goes sometimes of, you know, do you make a play or do you not when you first get out there. But I'm sure he'll be ready for it. He's been he's been waiting for it, and he's one of the opportunities you got to take advantage of. You know, next man up is really like next man up to stay. Like, hey man, you don't get this job back. I like you. We probably hang out, go out, or whatever. Nah, you ain't getting this job back. You ain't doing that. And if you want to keep it, he can. If he can show it in this game for the rest of you, he should. He probably should keep. It. Right, right. And you know, I'm
0: kind of on that same same path. I mean, uh, what what do you have to lose now? Yeah, you're st- still technically in. Contention for that playoff spot, but you know, I I think this could go further uh, in in the future. And seeing what you have in uh, Duke Shelley, and they also have the the rookie fifth round pick out of Georgia Southern, uh, Kendall uh, Vildor. Um, But obviously, Duke Shelley's next in line, and um, you know, cap space is going down next year. Uh, Buster Screen could be one of those uh, those guys that that do get cut just based off what he's making next year, and. Um, what they're going to want to try and bring in on the offensive side of the football. So, set, definitely a situation to keep an eye on. Uh, a big test next week if he gets that start yet again against Minnesota. Not only do they have Adam Thielen, but they have Justin Jefferson, who's found his way into the uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year conversation. He's filled in, and obviously, he's been a huge replacement for uh, Stefan Diggs, who they traded to Buffalo last year, and he's already had a thousand yard season as a rookie. So, uh, you know, uh, I mean, a couple very impressive. Uh, wide receivers here coming uh, in the near future uh, with the Minnesota Vikings. What's going
1: to make it a little bit harder is, and I'm sorry, then, what's going to make it harder is to just they have such a good running game. A lot of times, I mean, you're you going to be out there on the island manned up, you know, a lot. So, um, and I think in this game, it was less man. It was a little more, you know, like a team effort zone, matchups, because you really, and even if you did play man, the receivers wasn't like that. So, again, these receivers will pose, you know, a challenge from, you know, from the tight end also then having, you know, two good receivers with that running game. Right, and it'll be key for Akeem Hicks to stay healthy
0: in that game. I mean, we've seen that was the game that he went down. We mentioned Nick Foles going down. That's also the same game that Akeem Hicks went down. And as soon as he went down, it was a totally different ball game. Minnesota's run offense uh, had a ton of success once Akeem Hicks left that football game a few weeks back uh, at Soldier Field. But, uh, you know, DJ, looking at a couple of the uh, interesting uh, quotes that Matt Nagy had in his press game, uh, post-game press oh, conference. Uh-oh. <laughs> Here's what he said about the Bears' offense. Again, this is an offense that has now scored over 30 points uh, in, in consecutive games last week against Detroit, now 36 against Houston, and here's what Nagy had to say. And uh, I don't have video of it, but uh, I'll start reading them off. He said, I think we're finally starting to create an identity. You're feeling it. You're seeing it on the scoreboard. What took so long? What the hell took so long? I mean, yeah. I don't even know how you could say that confidently. You're in year three, you've already relinquished the, the play call duties. I know you want to be positive. You know, you just got your first win in six weeks, uh, 56 days, actually. Um, I know you wanna be positive, but how can you say that with a straight face?
1: Well, I think you can, well, we've had Montgomery has been running wild. And it's because he's had really, really big runs though. Um, But again, you gotta credit the offensive line who we have gave no credit to because they have not deserved any of it. But again, on his big run, even today it's like, man, they had it walled off. I mean, that's how you, that's how I look at, that's how it's supposed to look, look at practice. You know what i mean so and i think he's gaining confidence from that as well but again like how do we adjust to like i want to see that against minnesota a good you know a defensive front can we push them around because until these last two games we've been getting pushed around and in probably the last game of Detroit the last uh play when we couldn't get the you know we couldn't get the yard we was got we got pushed around so again that, that first game against Minnesota we got pushed around a lot so again how do how do we adjust? Um, their offensive line wasn't pushing our defensive line around until late, kind of wore us down. They're gonna try the same thing again. So if I'm him, I'm excited. You know what I mean? Like, hey man, I'm, we find now. I don't know. I still don't know what identity, identity he's talking about. Like, oh well, is he talking about the run game? Is what he's saying? Like, because I know he always said he wanted to establish the run game, but then they call eighty passing plays. So I'm gonna get. I'm assuming he's talking about the running plays. And that, that that yard is just like – because Montgomery, did he have 100 yards Detroit as well? Montgomery. Or was it the one before that? He's had close. Right. I you know the last three games. So I'm, I'm assuming he's saying that like more of the run game, more of that physicality up front is what – I'm assuming what he's talking about. If he's talking about that, I mean, it can't be lying. can't be fake news when we've seen it. You know what I mean? So he had 72 yards rushing
0: and two touchdowns against uh, Detroit, and then it was against the Packers – uh, the week before that, where he broke a hundred, had 103 yards on 11 yeah, carries.
1: So imagine a running back having a hundred. Oh, if you average 70 yards over 16 games, I mean, you get over a thousand. So, I mean, that's that's for, he's been very productive out of the backfield, and probably it has been.
0: And you could probably make an argument that he should he should still be touching the ball more. He only had 11 carries this week. Uh, he had 17 last week against Detroit probably should have broken 20 carries. And if he would have done that, maybe they would win that football game the week before that only 11 carries, but that you kind of make sense of seeing as they got down um, against green Bay super early in that game and, and kind of had to crawl their way back from there.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Well, that's the thing that that's interesting. It's like when you read it off, it's like, well, he only had 11 carries. So what's the identity? Normally it's you, I'm either pass happy or I'm run happy. So again, if I only have 11 carries, now, depending on how many other people who carry the ball, know he'll get Patterson in there to, to carry the ball every now and again. But, again, so I don't – you know what? I don't know what he means by identity then because, I mean, if 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 that's my identity, if we're, if we're the Titans, you know what I mean, like it's going to be, what, 25, 20, 25 carries? Like that's an identity. When you play against Minnesota, you know what they're going to do. You know what I mean? So, I don't know, I guess the identity of scoring points?
0: That's exactly what it was. He was kind of talking about the offense as a whole and, and the fact oh, okay. that they're now able to score points. Oh, okay. All right. So, I mean, that that's kind of what he was getting at. Oh. I don't know. I'm still kind of, uh, you know, that I'm still sense. iffy on it. But, uh, you know, it took, took long enough. Took you almost uh, three full seasons and, and you relinquishing the play calling duties. I mean, uh, are you just doing yourself a, dis- uh, a disservice now, Matt Nagy? I don't know. Because, you know, now now you got people wondering, oh, well, if Trubisky was left in and you never pulled the plug on him after three games, two and a half games, technically, uh, would this team be in a totally different situation? Would they be in a totally would they have a better shot at making the playoffs? Uh, I mean, I think I as well as many Bears fans out there, we we weren't we, we were all right with pulling Trubisky out in that Atlanta game. And I think it was the right decision. I mean, Nick Foles did what he did, and he led that team back to a victory. And uh, the team was three and zero at that point. But I I think you left. I think there was a few weeks there towards the end where you seen that Foles was just not the answer, especially with how terrible that off the offensive line was playing at that point and the lack of mobility with Nick Foles. Um, You know, at least in the very least, you got Trubisky. And his mobility, able to extend plays. Um, I, I think that's a lot. That's a question that a lot of people are wondering about the Bears now: is what if they left Mitch Trubisky, and would this team be in a totally different situation? I'm not saying would they be, you know, what uh, nine nine and four or, or whatever it might be. I'm not saying that, but would they have a winning record as opposed to where they're at now, being one game
1: out of five hundred? Uh, I don't think so. Um, honestly, I mean, once once you see Nick Foles come in, and especially when he comes in off the bench, you're going to have the flashbacks from the Eagles and going to the Super Bowl. When he comes in and he brings you back, it's like, you know what? This makes sense. Now, From for, if I'm me from Nagy's standpoint, it makes sense because, like, I want you to see my full offense, and I can't run it, with a quarterback who can't throw the ball down the field foes who are going to make mistakes. He's still going to throw it down the field normally with some accuracy. So it's going to make me look good. And I'm thinking from his perspective anyway, is how I'm saying it. I want people to know that my offense like works, but the only problem is my offense line wasn't working. So you still can't see my offense till its full extent. Now, Like, once you've seen that, you know, the offensive line was bad and they were struggling, I think the right move like we have now is to go back to Trubisky. So, again, everything is dink and dunk. It's two yards, two yards, two yards, slant, two yards, two yards. We'll try to throw it deep or try to want to wheel out of the backfield pass and he'll stare down. Or just like the deep stuff is just like he's not understanding It's just like, oh, in practice we threw it so in the game we'll throw it the same way. And Nick Foles isn't a guy. He reads it. So from that perspective, sometimes it should be probably a two-quarterback system. If you need somebody to read down the field or something, man, you may need to bring Foles in at times. Um, so if you at the end of the game, man, bring Foles in, save you. Don't leave him in too long because he'll kill you again. Um, but I think if even if you left Trubisky Ch- in, you probably lose the Atlanta game. Um, so your losing streak could have started early or you could have just been up and down. So I think I think either way, it, it would have started that way because a lot of people seeing it. And even going from last year, it's like, Yo, this is a team that's – we're going to be close at the end normally because our defense keeps us in. But is, is, is Trubisky going to be able to push it downfield without using his legs? Like, when he was at his best, what, about 500 or so yards rushing? I don't know what is that's at. Like, that's the guy. Like, how do we get – that gotta come back because it's not saying that you have to use your legs all the time. But again, if you just sitting in the pocket, they blitzing. You just sitting in the pocket like I'm gonna stay here as long as I can and stare down the receiver. Man, ain't no need for that. You, you. I mean, God gave you legs for a reason, man. You need to like use them. I know if you slide and fall, you gonna hurt your shoulder every two minutes again. Like, man, your life, your your career is on the line. Make something happen for me, man. Right, right, and he uh, he made something happen
0: today. Like you said, I mean, so a, a lot of uh, dink and dump passes, but... Uh, exactly, 24-33, 267 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions, zero turnovers for Mitch Trubisky today, so that's key. Obviously had that key turnover last uh, last week late in the game, uh, but uh, we're talking about a 36-7 to victory here uh, t- today, DJ. What, what do you make of the... I don't know if "ascension" is the right word. That might be too strong of a word to use. But the 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 way that Cole Kmet has been involved the last few weeks, um, rookie second round pick, their first pick this past year in the twenty twenty NFL Draft, four receptions, forty one yards today, um, had a touchdown last week um, against Detroit. It seems like they're really working him into this offense, and, and now he's taking a grasp of the number of, of tight end number one on this team. Jimmy Graham did have the a red zone target for a touchdown. And it was a nice, nice snag. It was a nice throw. You would have liked to have seen Trubisky throw it up a little bit more higher, but uh, Jimmy Graham was still able to win that matchup and bring it in for a touchdown. But I think it's pretty interesting to see where Cole Komet was at the start of the season, the first few weeks to where he's at now. And, and the fact that they're using him a, a whole bunch more, um, giving him a lot more involved. I wonder if that's more of a, a Bill Laser effect or if it's just Cole Komet. Being able to grow as a player throughout the season?
1: I don't, I'm not sure what it is, but when you watch him, you see it though. It's like, man, he looks, he's a well put together athlete, man. Like, and when he runs, people are not catching him as fast as Jimmy Graham. You know what I mean? Uh, he's not going down. So again, he, to me, he fits the all up like the Travis Kelsey. But with now, are we, Oh, we allow him to do those type of things? No, I mean we still in blocking, fake down, come out. But I think he has the skill set to be a if you can remember back to like a Jamichael Finley when Ann Rogers was hell, like because you couldn't guard him, like he would split him out and like oh my goodness, ain't nobody guard him if you put a DB on him, he's too small. You put a safety on him, he's too slow. There's nothing you can do. So again you have to put, and I think Olin Cruz, when we talked about it last week was like, you have to put players in a situation to succeed. So again, even though Jimmy Graham gets a touchdown, hey man, like young fella been grinding, man, put him out there, let him get that. And I know you pay Graham on all that, but like, man, let him be the man, like, let him build, let him get that. Let, let, let's, let's not let you go ahead and jump in. Like, we know you'll catch it. Like I want to, at this point, The young fellas in, if it's a play that the ball is going to, I want to see him do it because he is like, he's the future at that position for Chicago and could be for a long time. And just when you watch him, it's just like, man, he just looks athletically. He looks different than every, than the other tight ends. Hey, he sure does.
0: He sure does. And the fact that to start the year, he was tight end number three on the depth chart. Uh, If you remember, it was of course, Jimmy Graham, who, uh, obviously got, got off to a really nice start in the season. Uh, and then behind Jimmy Graham was Demetrius Harris, who has some familiarity of this, uh, Nat Nagy offense from their time in Kansas city. So, you know, Cole Komet didn't have to beat out just Jimmy Graham, but he had to beat out Demetrius Harris to get to the point where he's at, uh, right now as well. And, uh, looking at another offensive rookie, uh, Darnell Mooney, he was a guy that missed most of practice this week, but, uh, he had a couple of receptions, 22 yards, and a touchdown. Um, it, it, you almost thought that that touchdown was going to get called back. It looked like he may have stepped out of bounds, but he didn't. What was nice about that play, DJ, was the blocking by both Allen Robinson and specifically Anthony Miller did a great job uh, blocking his defender on that play. Um, it, it's nice to see, you know, especially Anthony Miller. I mean, a guy that and Allen Robinson as well, but. Al Robinson was getting his targets, he was getting his receptions, getting his yards, got his touchdown. Anthony Miller, two catches, 16 yards. That second catch didn't come until late in the game. It's nice to see a player like that who uh, I think a lot of people think you need to get him involved early in order to keep him checked in for the entire game. I think I think he kind of held that, 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 I don't know, uh, a lot of people had that thought about Anthony Miller. It was nice to see him still late, well, you know, midway through the game, mid-game still being able to, uh, you know, uh, make, make a play for his teammates and, um, again, a beautiful block. And if it wasn't for that block, Darnell Mooney wouldn't have gotten that touchdown.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, as a player for two, or two things, one for um, Miller, like you just do your job. You know what I mean? Even if I'm not on his team, you know, I mean, everybody watches film. You know, I think that one of the biggest things about a receiver, you want to see, you know, can they block? On that play, you have seen he can block. I think the bigger takeaway you take away is, like, with Mooney, if you watch the Kansas City game and see the highlights and you see he kind of looked Tyreek Hillish. Like, he's – you might see other people that's as fast as he is, but when he gets the ball, he looks much faster than everybody else. And if you've seen the Tyreek Hill play, he motions and, boom, he's just up the sideline. And they kind of had – they look kind of similar, I think um, – Hill was a little bit longer, but, again, it just kind of reminded you of, like, man, like we – I feel like we have the pieces if only we can just put them in the right place at the right time. You got the speed. You got a receiver that can catch everything. You got Miller who can do a little bit of both. You know what I mean? So, again, it's just exciting to see, man. I, I, I do – I would love to see him get down the field sometimes a little bit more because – you seen early in the guy, I think he's the, maybe Miller again when he got kind of got hit pretty hard because he's a small cat, and when you do a lot of them screens, you're gonna just put me in harm's way a lot. Even though I'm fast, there's there's still missiles out here. It's, it's land it's, it's, it's landmines, and sometimes it's it's gonna get you. But but again, honestly, I thought it was coming back too. But again, that's speed, Hey man, speed, speed kill.
0: Yeah, yeah, it certainly does, and uh, he did get rocked at, at that one point in the game on his uh, second reception it was, but uh, he is a guy that, you know, he, he's he's proven already this season, I mean, against the Rams. He, he blew right past Jalen Ramsey, and if Nick Foles was, uh, it, you know, he overthrew him, if he was able to, to to get Mooney, I mean, that would have been a 90-yard touchdown pass, um, you know, so he's even done it against some of these elite cornerbacks uh, in the NFL. It's, it's promising. I mean, you know, It's nice that the team was able to get this win and you're able to pull out uh, bits and pieces to kind of build on, uh, you know, whether it's um, something like a Darnell Mooney, who I think has a great future in Chicago, and then you still got somebody that's a little unproven, but had a pretty decent showing on the defense side of the football uh, in Duke Shelley. So it's nice to kind of point out these new pieces, um, newer pieces and see them have some success here again. The Bears win 36 to 7, DJ. Um, dominating fashion. You, you kind of said it uh on our uh show earlier in the week, uh, last mm-hmm. week that you were expecting a, a not so close football game. I, I actually ex- uh said that I, I would see the Texans win this game. Yes, you did that, you know, I, I needed the Bears to prove me wrong before I picked them, and uh, certainly they shut me up uh pretty quick in this game. 36 to 7, final score. Um and that'll do it for tonight's show DJ but before we do end the show there was some breaking news coming out of Champaign down south here in Illinois uh, the University of Illinois fired Lovey Smith I mean a lot of people weren't surprised but if you kind of go more in depth on it though DJ this I mean he just had a contract extension last season after they um you know got got the the bowl game appearance and um, you know, I mean, it, it seemed like Lovey Smith was going to be there for, for at least another couple of years. Another disappointing season ends in, uh, in Champaign yesterday, it was a disappointing uh, loss to Northwestern. Um, and you know, it, it, it capped off their, uh, shortened season. Of course, everybody in big 10 had a shortened season due to the pandemic and, uh, now Illinois announces this morning that uh, they they are parting ways with Lovey Smith. What what was your reaction when you got that news? Uh, what, what's your reaction now? Uh, you know, twelve hours later.
1: Well, I, th- I think sometimes it makes sense, um, but again, I know he had an extension last year, and I think especially with a shortened season this year, um, you would think you maybe, especially at a school that's not traditionally just a football powerhouse by no means. Um, but again, when you see Northwestern winning and then the, what is the big 10 championship, you start thinking like, you know what? Everything is possible at this point. Um, if Northwestern can do it, we may have to find somebody. Now, again, it may have been something else. Um, I have no idea what that could be. You know, I know he had his son was doing something earlier that was kind of embarrassing and um was it was it i'm sure it's not something dealing with that but again could have been an issue with you know upper management. all it takes is one conversation and it's like oh i did like you but now i don't I now bye, bye, bye. but and then other coaches are getting fired and and then again you see success on the other side so you know things change and you may have somebody in mind that you know kind of wanted wanted the job that you know that you wanted before so i'm sure he'll land on his feet and made a a lot of money on uh, that extension. He'll, he'll, he'll still get, he'll still get the money. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, he will. <laughs> <laughs> I paid vacation and he'll be fine. And you got enough people in the league that know him. He'll, he'll be on somebody's staff. So, oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, I think, uh, don't quote me on this. I think I've seen the report. I think he's due $7 million. So, I mean, University of Illinois still paying him that. Again, just got the contract extension last year. Uh, you mentioned it, his son earlier in the season, uh, at right? Well, their season hadn't started yet, but it was uh, early in September, indicted on sex trafficking. Um, so, uh, you know, so definitely, uh, but I don't think that had anything to do with it. But again, I mean, um, yeah, so uh, certainly, uh, uh, you know, uh, disappointing news for the former Bears head coach. I thought it was a home run hire when they brought him in. Years ago, I thought bringing in Lovey Smith, uh, you know, a guy that a lot of these guys here in the state of Illinois grew up watching lead their favorite football team in the Chicago Bears, I thought that was going to be a connection where he'd be able to reel in some big time recruits. And he was able to reel in some really nice talent, but it it just wasn't able to uh, translate onto the college playing level. They were two and five this season, their two wins coming against Rutgers and then Nebraska. Um, and then other than that, there are a bunch of blowout losses against teams that, that really mattered, uh, Wisconsin, Iowa, this latest one, 28-10 against Northwestern um, yesterday. So, uh, again, disappointing news, former Bears head coach uh, out at the University of uh, Illinois. But uh, definitely wanted to get your thoughts on that really quick, DJ, before we wrapped up tonight's show. But that'll do it for tonight. The Bears win. They snap their sixth-game losing streak. Uh, to the Houston Texans, defeat the Houston Texans for the first time in franchise history. I think they had met uh four times prior, lost all four of them. So they get the win against Deshaun Watson and company thirty six to seven. DJ, any final words before we wrap up tonight's show? Yeah, tell
1: Miz, tell uh uh Deshaun Watson to shower up. <laughs> Talking bad about you all day. Man, you know hey, shower up. We we won this game. Call me, call me Mr. Trubisky from now on. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, who knows? Maybe Trubisky backs up to Sean Watson. That'll be a hell of a story uh, next season. But uh, anyways, the Bears get the victory 36-7, to uh, dominated on all phases, uh, offense, defense, special teams. Cairo Santos, I mean, who would have thought the Bears finally have a damn kicker? He's made 18 field goals in a row. Um, and uh, currently has the highest uh, uh, making percentage since uh, Robbie Gold, I think, in 2006, uh, maybe 2007. But uh, certainly nothing to, to uh, you know look away from there. Cairo Santos, uh, the Bears' future at kicker. Uh, so that's nice to say. He's had a hell of a season, and he made a few more field goals uh, this afternoon. Bears win 36-7 to for former Chicago Bear, DJ Moore. I'm Chris Shampo. Appreciate everybody tuning in. And uh, finally, the Bears get their first win in 56 days. And uh, so uh, we'll, we'll be back uh, later in the week. We'll talk about the uh, game uh, in which they host uh, the fellow 6-7 and seven, uh, Minnesota Vikings uh, at Minnesota next week. So uh, stay tuned for that. Follow DJ at DJMore30 on Twitter. I'm at Chris Schaffel. And then, of course, follow the show at Chris and DJ Show. Appreciate everybody tuning in. Uh, Make sure you download the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, whether you're listening live on uh, Facebook, Twitter or Periscope. We appreciate it. And uh, until next time, everybody, uh, Bears win. Who would have thought? (laughs)